Hello and welcome to another season of Marketing Connected where we discuss pertinent topics with leaders in the marketing and advertising industry. I am your host Janice Tan. The COVID-19 pandemic has catapulted internal communications into the front seat. In this episode, PR industry players come together for a panel discussion during PR Asia 2020 on how they worked to have external and internal communications gel during a crisis. They also talk about how they maintained a semblance of workplace culture as remote working becomes the norm. Moderated by Omnicom Media Group Asia Pacific's Justin Low, he is joined by Cisco's Prerna Suri, Coles Australia's Elster Marshall, Kerry's Laura Decreet, and Sanofi's Panchanit Snap. There is absolutely no doubt that COVID-19 has had a huge impact on businesses globally. Workplaces were suddenly disrupted and many workers who had never worked remotely before found themselves having to adapt to a new way of work. And as a result of these workplace changes, internal communications were suddenly thrust into the spotlight as organizations look to engage their employees. And so this forms the basis of our panel discussion today. I'll start with a question to our panelists. Um how do you think a crisis like COVID-19 is changing the face of internal communications? Uh, I'll start with you first Laura. Sure, thanks Justin. So I think it was interesting um you know it really was a spotlight um and normally it's external comms that is considered the sexy part of of communication. So um so this was a, a real change. So for us covid really exposed employee groups with fewer touch points. So for us this was non-wired employees without email addresses who we needed to be able to reach and so that hadn't I think we'd been aware of it but it hadn't been such an urgent issue. Um so we had to reach them in different ways to ensure that they were receiving really important safety information that were they they were being uh looked after. And as a result of COVID, we're making an investment um, in Workplace by Facebook, which will help us reach. That's for 2021. That will help us reach both our wired and non-wired employees. So significant change in in the tools and the platforms that we'll use going forward. Thank you, Laura. Um, and Pan, um, how did that uh, affect your organization? Thank you, Justin. Good morning, everyone. Absolutely, yes. Uh, we all agree that COVID-19 pandemic drastically changed our workplace. because everyone had to cope with the new ways of working so internal comms is now even more critical in these uncertain times and we are doubling our efforts to manage remote team ensure a smooth cross functional collaboration and at the same time we have to maintain the team productivity and importantly to protect our uh, employee safety and well-being during the crisis I want to highlight one of the thing the area that uh, uh, that very much relate to the internal comms as a result of covid-19 pandemic is about how we are communicate with empathy and care and which is this area is very important than ever before uh, during the crisis people want to talk to people they want honest expression even if i don't know what's going on or what's happening tomorrow and i have learned that my colleagues at Sanofi they want us to help them to de-stress at work because they have been isolated burnt out uh, exhausted with um 
with uh, you know Zoom meetings the all day long. And at the same time, they have to handle their family members who are always around in the same place 24-7. So we want to make sure that our message or our content is personal, fun, social, and acknowledge the difficulties of life. And uh, to me, it will help support employees' morale and mental health because of remote work continue to be the new normal. There's definitely an area for us to connect over there, and later we'll talk more about that. Um, how about you, Alistair? Yeah, it was interesting. Hello, I'm coming in from Melbourne, so hello, everyone. Um, I was just listening to both Laura and Pan, and um, could relate to, to both of what you were saying. I think particularly, Laura, your comments about wired and non-wired um, employees. Um, Coles as a supermarket, we have 100,000-odd uh, non-wired team members, so in stores, in warehouses, um, you know, driving trucks. And it's never easy to reach that group. But um, throughout the last sort of nine months, we've needed to reach that group at very short notice with safety updates, regulation changes, um, requirements around masks, all of those sorts of things. And, you know, we've had to we've had to adapt quickly. Um, we have used social platforms. So we use Microsoft platforms, we use Yammer, but we found the old um, trusted and true things like, you know, SMS and and direct personal emails, certainly for those sort of things were, um, were really effective. Um, and also to your point, Pan, it wasn't just the platform, but the the tone and the, the nature of the message we found, you know, unedited, almost unscripted video to be the most um, trusted and effective way um, to reach that group. So short 60 second um, leader pieces to camera um, that were speaking as much as they could about what we knew at that point um, was perhaps um, more effective than anything we could do in writing. Thank you. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Prana. Yeah, hi everyone. Thanks, Justin. Um, I think just like our other panelists, although I work at Cisco, which is a technology firm and our 70,000 employees are completely wired, we all have been used to working remotely for a very long time, much before the pandemic hit us as well. But I think the tone and the empathy that Dan sort of alluded to earlier, that came across even more strategically important for us as uh, as people who were handling the communications department, but more importantly for the people who are working day in and day out. I'm a working mom myself. My three-year-old was at home while I was juggling WebEx meetings. Um, our platform is WebEx. And I, I could empathize with a lot of people who would be in similar situations. So I think when it came to communications strategies, uh, when we were trying to communicate some of those messaging, at Cisco, we were blessed because we also have partnerships with mental health and physical health uh, providers. So we talked a lot about how resilience is very important in today's day and age, especially uh, when we were all shut down in our homes, especially here in Singapore, I think, from March onwards. And the other thing that also that Alistair sort of alluded to was leadership. Our senior leaders came out really right from the beginning itself and asked all of us, how are you doing? And it was a weekly check-in that we had. It wasn't an email. It wasn't an EDM, um, although that could have worked as well. But I think having that face-to-face connection, even if it's through technology, that really helped where we were sitting. So all of that has just helped us develop this other communications toolkit, uh, which we'll probably discuss a little more about. But empathy and human connection, these are the two main things that came out strongly. 
Thank you, Prana. And and certainly we'll be delving a little bit more about this, this tone of empathy and, and towing that line between authoritative uh, message and being empathetic to our, uh, to our employees. Um, I'll go back to what um, Alistair and Laura uh, sort of mentioned just now with regards to um, engaging with employees who are offline. And so, Laura, I'll start with you first. So in the industry that you're in, uh, and you have employees who are, as you've mentioned, who are offline. How, you know, can you tell us how did you maintain communication uh, and, and engagement with them? Because it's so hard to reach them at that time. Yeah. So for those who don't, so Carrie is that we're a food and nutrition company. And so we were considered, many of our employees were considered essential workers. And so both in our food um, research and development labs, but also in our 25 manufacturing sites across the region, our employees uh, needed to get to work every day to continue to produce food for our communities um, around the region. So they were obviously facing um, different stages of lockdowns and curfews and different government restrictions, um, transportation shutdowns. And so what was nice was that our operations team already had a safety first quality always ethos. And so what we did was we very quickly, we built a COVID playbook and that COVID playbook outlined everything from how to sanitize the canteen, what processes and procedures to follow at every single carry site so that, um, and, and we, we made the playbook very transparent. So everybody understood what rules we were all following, but then that that extra content was provided to leaders so that if they had questions, they knew what to say. Um, they knew how to communicate to their teams and we, we kept updating it. And what was interesting was we shared it with, our, with a number of our customers. Um, our customers said, this is really great. This is best practice. Can you give us a copy so we can replicate it? Um, so what the leaders did was then they integrated a lot of this content into their face-to-face -face daily briefings um, at our manufacturing sites. So while socially distanced, they were able to deliver information to their teams every day, beginning or at the end of the shift. And they could also gauge people's moods. Um, you know, people had an opportunity to ask questions. And so there was, it, we created a, a very open environment. Now, good question is how did all of that actually work? And just last week that we got the results from our last employee opinion survey that we administer globally. So I looked at the results just for our region, just for our non-wired employees, and engagement went up six points over last year to 78%. So I think that, um, I think that it worked. Great. Thank you, Laura. Um, I, I think these uh, opinion polls are sometimes very important to have a, a gauge of how our employees are actually feeling. On to you, uh, Prana. You mentioned that you know coming from a technology company, and you know technology certainly played this key role in communications. How did your company leverage technology to effectively communicate with your employees? Sure. So at Cisco, we have a whole host of uh, tech offerings. One of them is our collaboration offering called WebEx. Um, and I think we effectively use WebEx um, when the lockdowns actually hit us January onwards in different parts of the world. So a few things that we did, we focused on internal communication campaigns where our employees were the spotlight. It wasn't the leaders. One example is where we just had uh, a great place to work video campaign where we took shots of our empty office during the lockdown and of course under complete health and safety regulations. Um, and we just put that out on our team space. Teams is our other platform. And we just added a question that 
uh, is your place a place where you go to work? Is your work a place where you go to work? Or is it the people that you work with? And then we just asked employees every day to post a video of what they liked working from home or the challenges that they face. So work from home hacks, you know, kids sort of uh, just photo bombing or video bombing in this case. Uh, we had pets. We had uh, lots of virtual happy hours with our leaders, especially our global comms team. And honestly, I think I've worked across sectors and careers, Justin and everybody. I mean, I've been a former journalist as well. But the kind of team camaraderie and the spirit that I saw through these little campaigns that we developed, I personally felt a lot more included in my organization as, as uh, an employee myself. So I thought it was just getting that voice out there because all of us were facing similar challenges. We were burnt out. We were stressed out. Video fatigue was rising. Uh, we had family responsibilities. Those of us who didn't were facing isolation. So I think it just gave an opportunity for people to come out there and just truly show themselves. Um, and I think authenticity then became a key cornerstone for many of our communication campaigns where we just used authentic voices we used our people, we included them in events like Team and Culture Week, where we had a five-day curated session for them, uh, including some of our leaders talking about some very deep personal insights that they wouldn't really have an opportunity to share otherwise. So I think it just brought about a lot of vulnerability and a lot of authenticity through these small uh, campaigns that we did. Thank you, Prana. Uh, we said, I think a lot of agencies, a lot of companies uh, certainly saw a lot of that uh, coming through during COVID-19 especially during the lockdown. Over to you, uh, Alistair. Supermarkets this year have certainly faced huge pressures. I mean, with, with lockdown, with working from home, how do you keep, and I know you alluded to a little bit of that earlier, but how did you keep your 120,000 Coles employees, so many of them were in the front line, how did you keep them informed and engaged? We tried a whole range of things. One of the things we tried, which was... Um, very effective was using our external media. Um, so using that in a way that was quite deliberately targeted at our, at our team members, our internal employees. Um, so we used, um, and, and particularly during, I, I don't know if you had this in other countries, we had a whole period of panic buying here in, in Australia oh, where yeah. <laughs> um, toilet paper was getting stripped off the shelf and customers were going crazy. So particularly during that period, um, we were on the media you know, on breakfast television a lot, most days, we'd have a our chief operating officer would be on TV. And we use those opportunities um, to very deliberately speak to our team members as much as our customers. So we were using our direct channels that I talked about earlier, SMS, uh, Yammer, um, EDMs, all of those, as well as the conventional cascade channels. But, but those breakfast um, TV spots, we found really useful, I suppose, to do a couple of things. One, to, to, to um, talk about the pride that we had in our team and to really um, get across to the team that we were there for them in a very public fashion. So here we are, we're on TV in front of the country and we're um, saying what an you know, extraordinary job you're doing. Also, we used it to talk to the, to some extent, to the parents of our team members. Um, we've got a lot of younger team members. So um, I think the youngest Coles team member in a shop would be 14 years and nine months. So, you know, they're young, young people and... Um, understandably, their parents um, were concerned about their their well-being and their safety. So broadcast media in, in a PR sense was very, very important for us, um, particularly through that panic buying period. Um, but I think, um, Pan, as you said, I mean, leadership really was, was key. And whether that's leadership 
in a in a visible external sense like that or perhaps more behind the scenes things so um not holding back on the site visits, making sure that our leaders were accessible and responsive, arming um, particularly the mid-level managers with with the briefing packs, with the playbooks, so that they knew what we were doing that week and could feel um, comfortable talking to their teams. You know, all of those kind of um, things that we do behind the scenes in internal comms that are, that are hard work and people don't necessarily see those things really paid off as well. Um, yep. But it's still, it's still going, Justin. I mean, I think... You know, Australia's been very fortunate, but um, we've only just come out of lockdown here in Victoria. Um, in some states, it's it's different, but it's very much an ongoing um, thing here. You know, we're still we're still using these channels that we stood up in back in February, March. Thank you, Alistair. Um, last but not least, uh, to Pan, um, like Alistair, you've got a lot of you know, uh, of your employees working in the front line and, and coming from a healthcare and vaccine industry, how do you, you know, and we've talked about a little bit of striking that, that, that fair balance between authoritative and factual and empathetic. How do you tailor and how did you manage to strike that balance with your employees? Yes, Justin, um, Sanofi is the leading healthcare company. Uh, so that's why during the pandemic, it's our responsibility to do our part and uh, as we are committed to supporting our healthcare professional who are working in the front line to fight against the disease and to keep everybody safe. I think this is a thing that we are so proud of our company purpose. And our top priority during the pandemic is to continue to make sure that we continue making and delivering medicine and vaccine to our patients. And uh, at the same time, we, we protect our employees and our communities and uh, we are so proud to see that our employees have stepped up to embrace the change with resilience during the past nine months. And, you know, our sales rep is the main channel to communicate directly to our customers who are the healthcare professionals on a daily basis. And uh, we need to make sure to support them and make sure that they all have necessary scientific-based information about our medicine so that uh, these doctors can deliver quality healthcare uh, services to patients. And um, everybody the same, right? Since COVID-19, we have completely shifted to a virtual mode of engagement. And actually this is a huge change of our company and the healthcare industry. So doctors say that don't come to me to see me in the hospital. Our sales force also have to work, uh, work with the doctors from home. And we need to ensure that we engage them with empathy and showing flexibility in working around the doctor's schedule, uh, which is very important because of face-to-face -face communication is not the norm anymore. Um, I want to highlight one thing is that since we are looking after our employees and at the same time, our customers who are working in the front line, we need to ensure that our communication messages, either internal or external, are well coordinated and speaking as one voice with the integrated approach. And I think these two areas has been emerging, it's been merging and it's become yep. more than important than ever that because all the people have the same access to social media channels like LinkedIn and Twitter. And we use these social channels to promote our corporate and also employee branding to communicate our employees as well. So my conclusion is that this enable internal 
an external audience to receive the same message at the same time and also share their own view in their uh, public space. And uh, in conclusion, there is no such internal and external content anymore. Yep. To me, is the just the content that to be customized and matched with the, our audience needs. Um, I mean, the line between internal and external comms, uh, it, it's, you know, it's coming down and, and how do you uh, ensure that your internal messaging and, uh, and the external messaging are aligned? Uh, completely agree with you on that. Well, just a question to all of you uh, panelists. How did you foster or even maintain like a workplace culture? And culture came up a lot uh, in our conversations, but how do you maintain that when everyone is working from home? Uh, maybe I can start with you, uh, Alistair. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, culture is an interesting one in a in a big organization with frontline teams. I think to some extent, it is a little bit different for team members who who are working from home, you know, like like me and people who are working in stores. I think, look, I think it's the same as, as it was previously. I mean, it's about um, values and leadership and, and displaying those and walking the talk. Um, we were like you, Laura, in that our engagement scores went up through through the COVID period. I think a lot of people took a lot of pride in the fact that what we were doing was seen as essential. We were seen to be really fulfilling our purpose of um, feeding Australians. Um, perhaps in the past, people took supermarkets for granted and, you know, um, not so much during this period. So we certainly use that. I mean, we use that to remind people and to to help our team feel proud of the purpose of the company. But we, I think what we've done in the past, which is celebrate our team and celebrate, you know, things that align with our values, but we, we just had all the more opportunity to do it in some ways, Justin. So, yeah, I was just wondering about uh, culture itself because I've worked at many, many different places, including some big tech companies. And I feel that uh, the word culture itself will be debated after COVID-19 because it's no longer just about providing free food. It's not about the perks. It's not about the gym memberships anymore. So I think if organizations or businesses really need to introspect and want to retain the best talent, which I'm sure a lot of us want to do, we need to look beyond just the perks, the superficial perks that a lot of us actually offer. And at Cisco, I noticed that one big thing that struck out for me when I joined the company was this emphasis on work culture and what we have, what we call as conscious culture, which is being mindful of your actions, how those actions would impact your uh, colleagues, how uh, teams would be impacted by that individual action itself. And I think that that also goes back to trust. And what we're looking at right now, especially from a tech space, is companies trying to invest in more surveillance software where they can keep tabs on how long the employees are on, let's say, calls or in meetings, virtual meetings. But I think we need to look beyond that and just think about how is it that we're going to get an accountability, especially if we're in the tech space like Cisco. And I think Cisco has done a wonderful job, not just because I work with them, but because I naturally feel very included that my voice is being heard. So we touched upon surveys, for instance, Laura, we did a similar survey. We've done many surveys over the last 12 months or so, and about uh, three surveys since the pandemic hit us. And that really showed us where our people were when it came to their morale. And that gave us data points into how actions can be achieved by team leaders, for instance, because that's where the final buck stops with them. And if you don't feel included by your manager or by your manager's manager, then I think that's that's a big problem that you know HR would have to also look at. So I think keeping a pulse on what your people are feeling, especially in a stressful period like COVID, that's how we sort of 
that's how we heard the voices of our people within Cisco as well. Thank you for listening. This podcast was created as part of Marketing Interactive's PR Asia 2020 conference. This April, join us at Marketing Interactive's Content 360 virtual conference as we touch on three main verticals, content production, content distribution, and content monetization and B2B content marketing. Held from 6th to 8th April, you will hear from industry players such as Malaysia Airlines, Mami, Tupperware Brands, Banyan Tree, and Yum Brands, among others. For more information, visit www.marketing-interactive.com.